Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural launch of the Sports News Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Adams, and I'm here to talk some sports with you for the next few minutes. Today, we'll be discussing current events in both the NFL and the NCAA. So let's hop right on into it with the college football playoff rankings. Now, last week, they came out Tuesday at 8 p.m. like they usually do after Halloween. And Ohio State was ranked one, followed by Georgia. And there were some Georgia fans who were predictably mad about that, considering they've won, they had won 24 or 25 straight games. But honestly, they hadn't looked too great this year. So, and Ohio State had the two top five wins at the time. So they were inclined to be number one. But after this past week, when they struggled with Rutgers, I'm not sure how the committee's going to do it. Georgia just beat a top 12 Missouri team at home. The score was 30-21, to 21, but Georgia was mostly in control of that game for a lot of it. So this Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, it'll be interesting to see how they rank the teams. Personally, I would still keep Ohio State 1 just because they won, but that's, that's just my personal opinion. Um, as for the rest of the, as for the rest of the teams, uh, nothing really too insane happened, um, apart from, apart from the night games, I mean, oh, what a, what a slate of night games that was. Alabama LSU was going heavyweight, heavyweights up until Jaden Daniels got knocked out with a concussion. Final score of that one, Alabama 42 LSU 28, and can we talk about Jalen Milrow for a second? I mean, he got benched three games of the season, took that in stride, and came out against LSU and rushed for four touchdowns, which, according to an, to an ESPN article, that is an Alabama court record for a quarterback. That's really impressive considering where we were at the beginning of the season when Bama fans were calling for his head after the, after the loss against Texas. So congrats to Jalen Milrow, congrats to Alabama. Alabama pretty much has the SEC West wrapped up. Ironically, they are cheering for Georgia this weekend <laughs> to beat Ole Miss because if they because if Georgia beats Ole Miss this weekend, Alabama will clinch the SEC West and Georgia will clinch the SEC East, setting up setting up an absolutely titanic showdown at Mercedes-Benz Stadium of Alabama against Georgia. A matchup of two most probable top ten teams, and I think we know where game day would go for that. <laughs> um, as for another night game, uh, Washington and USC had a track meet sa- as well Saturday night. I mean that that game looked more like a basketball game, honestly. Uh, <laughs> points were scored left and right. I'm not sure either team had the ball for over for over two minutes per possession. Uh, final score in that one, 52-42. to 42. Washington stays undefeated. But uh, Michael Penix Jr. absolutely torched that USC defense. Which isn't that great to begin with. USC's defense isn't. Uh, they've given up points and yards to pretty much everyone on their schedule apart from the first two games where y'all thought that they were imp- much improved. But... It was still impressive to see Michael Penix just absolutely go off. And then Bo- and then uh, Oregon-California was another game that I saw the score of. And Bo Nix, man, he, 
he continues to just shine at Oregon. He transferred there after a few rough years at Auburn, but ever since he went to Oregon, he has seemed like a different quarterback on Saturday, accounting for six total touchdowns, which is very impressive for, for a guy who I watched at Auburn who wasn't that great. And then, even though they lost, Missouri still has turned in a good year. Predicted by many to finish at 6th, 7th in the SEC East. They have a legitimate shot to finish 2nd in the East as long as they don't let the loss to Georgia derail the rest of their season. I believe they have Tennessee on tap for this week. So that'll be a good measuring stick for them to see how they match up against the second-tier SEC teams. Personally, I think they're going to beat Tennessee. Um, I just don't really trust that Tennessee offense. Even though Tennessee did, I mean Tennessee put up 59 points last week, but that was UConn. UConn's not that great this year. I think they're like one in seven or one in eight this year. <laughs> um, but I know the big story that we're all thinking of is that Michigan sign stealing sign stealing scandal that's happened over the past few years. Now, if if you are unaware, if you have been living under a rock these past few day few few weeks, <laughs> um, well, let me catch you up to speed. So. Michigan has fired recruiting analyst Connor Stallions. He's kind of at the center of this whole scandal. Uh, he would he he was buying tickets uh, about thirty or thirty-five to seventeen different venues, uh, twelve of thirteen Big Ten opponents, and a few others, a few other venues, namely Georgia and Tennessee, some of the some of the other SEC teams, and then TCU also. Uh, it's came out this week. It's came out in the past couple weeks that TCU kind of knew what was going on, so they, uh, so they adjusted accordingly by making dummy signals. Um, what those are is that the offensive coordinator for TCU would call the play, call the actual play, and Michigan would already know the signs, so they would know what defense to run. And then TCU had these dummy signs that they would call in, which would just confuse Michigan which were just meant to confuse Michigan. They weren't an actual play call, but they were just meant to to sow confusion among Michigan. And ultimately, TCU walked out of there. Obviously, this is last year. But TCU walk, walked out victorious and went on to the national championship to play Georgia because they knew of Michigan's land ceiling scandal. And the Big Ten coaches actually met Wednesday and along with Harbaugh, but Harbaugh wasn't there for the whole thing. He kind of left when they were about to discuss the science stealing schedule, so they could discuss freely. So respect to Harbaugh for that. Like that's 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 a cool thing. Um, and then the meeting was described as vicious. I mean, a whole bunch of like all the Big Ten coaches were calling for Michigan to be to be penalized, to be like Harbaugh should be should be suspended. He should have known about this. He should have put the kibosh in it because he he most likely didn't know. Um, there's I don't think there's a way that you don't know as a head coach of your program when something like it like that goes on. Um, that kind of and if you don't, kind of shows a lack of institutional control. But that's that's the NCAA. That's that's their side of the story, not mine. Um, but anyways, uh, Michigan continues to just 
I mean, rollover teams there. Even with this sign-stealing scandal going on above them, they're just rolling through teams. I think it, since it broke, they beat Michigan State 49 to nothing and Purdue, I think, 41-13. to So props to them. They aren't letting it affect them, but I am very curious to see how this plays out over the coming weeks, months. And with the NCAA, it's probably going to be at least the at least the end of the year. Probably longer, though, because the NCAA is slow when it comes to this stuff. Uh, the And then the presidents and the ADs of the Big Ten teams met later, the, later last week after the coaches met. And that meeting was more calm, but they still did want Michigan to be somewhat penalized right now just because they feel kind of cheated. I know Michigan State's athletic, I think it's their athletic director, who kind of compared the situation to the Michigan-Michigan State uh, fight last year where his players were suspended immediately, but nothing's gone on with, with Michigan, so he's understandably a little upset and a little confused as to what's going on there. Um, and then Florida State, I mean, that even though the final score may look like they struggled, they won 24-7 to against an unranked pit team. Uh, they were they were missing the top two receivers, uh, Keon Coleman and I believe Johnny Wilson, um, but they still managed to put up 500 yards of offense. Uh, they just couldn't finish drives, but I mean putting up 500 500 yards of offense against anybody is pretty impressive. Um, and then Georgia Tech continues to surge. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, so they beat. They 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 walk Virginia. I mean, let's just call it how it is. Uh, Georgia Tech's over five hundred for the first time all season, and for the first time in a while that I remember. I mean, I haven't remembered Georgia Tech over five hundred since about twenty sixteen. <laughs> um, but they, they probably were at some point, but not this late in the year, I don't think. Um, and it's looking like Tech may make a bowl game. I mean, they have George on the docket, which is most likely a loss. Um, they've got Clemson who they could beat. I mean, Clemson's not the same, same team as they were. They've already got four losses this year and it's barely even into November. Uh, some people are already calling for Davos head, which is a little premature in my opinion. Davos is a good coach. Um, he kind of needs to utilize his resources a little bit better, but he's still a very good coach. He's still top 10 head coach in, in college football. Um, but Georgia Tech, I mean, they're, they're third in the ACC, I believe, after Virginia Tech lost to Louisville this past weekend. Um, so they're just so they are behind Florida State, who's obviously undefeated, top top five team in the nation, and that Louisville team that I just mentioned. Um, unfortunately, Tech has already lost to Louisville, so it's looking like they may they probably won't make the ACC championship game. But it's still a very good turnaround for Georgia Tech and Brent Key. Uh, Brent Key came in as the interim last season and really galvanized that program. Uh, he had a 500 record with them last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he beat North Carolina, which... North Carolina, man. Georgia Tech beat them two years in a row. <laughs> um, while they were ranked, um, and Georgia Tech wasn't. North Carolina was, I believe, a top 15 team last year, and they were 17th this year when Tech beat them. 
Uh, yeah, North Carolina's not great this year. Drake May is their entire team, and he can't do it himself. Um, but yeah, back to Tech. They've really impressed me this year. Um, so I really think they may make a bowl game. Um, it's probably going to be a lower tier bowl, but just making a bowl game for Tech this year is really good improvement after what's been going on with them for the past few years with the firing of Paul Johnson and the firing of of Geoff Collins. And they finally settled on, on an interim last year in Brent Key, and they gave him the full-time job this past offseason, and it's worked wonders for them. I, I think if, if they give Brent Key the, the time and the resources he needs, he can he can really pump out a... a I, I believe that, that he can pump out an 8 or 9 win team yearly. Um, but that's just if Tech wants to go down that route, um, they can... Um, another team that was kind of shocking was Notre Dame. Um, they they went into their they were at they were in Death Valley to play to play that same Clemson team I mentioned earlier, and they actually got beat by an by an unranked Clemson team, thirty one to twenty three. Um, Sam Hartman does not look like a great quarterback right now. Um, he he seems to have a bunch of turnover issues at at very crucial times, um, which ultimately is what led to their loss. I think Clemson was up like 20, 23-3 at some point. And Notre Dame was 15th in the nation. I mean, they, they got absolutely waylaid. by Cle- The final score doesn't show it because Notre Dame made it look better in the fourth quarter. But they, Notre Dame really did get absolute, their butts handed to them. Uh, props to Clemson, though, for responding after that. Props to Dabo for for responding after that caller called in that the caller called in and pretty much said that Dabo should leave because Dabo's not a good coach. So props to Clemson for that. To Penn State, um, waylaid Maryland. I mean, they had no trouble. Um, there was no issues there. Uh, but their ceiling is capped as long as they can't beat Michigan and Ohio State. Their ceiling is capped at third in the Big Ten. Unfortunately, um, as for this week, we'll see what goes on with the college football playoff when the college football pre- playoff rankings drop tomorrow. Um, I know I'm intrigued by it. I'll be watching. Um, and then the NFL, we'll just kind of see what happens. Um, there's been a lot of quarterback injuries. Um, Kirk Cousins, Jaron Hall come to mind. Um, watching the Falcons game yesterday, they showed a graphic. I believe 46 backup quarterbacks have played this year already, and it's not even, it's barely halfway through the season, which is, which is too many backup quarterbacks, if you're asking me. Um, too many injuries. Uh, but that's a story for another day. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. That's it for me. I'm your host, Alex, of the Sports News weekly podcast uh signing off for now and i will talk to y'all next week